What's up, beautiful people? I'm Nathaniel Pearl. And I'm Sam Sheva. And welcome to Curious Chimps Podcast, a show where we explore the infinite complexities of the human experience. We do not endorse anything illegal. So please, consult the doctors, do your research, and for the love of all that is holy, be safe. All right, let's talk about drugs. Curious, curious, curious chimps. Hello, hello, hello. Milo. Milo's a nice name. My friend's having a kid, so I keep thinking about names. You know the story of Milo, right? No. There's, so a, per- there's a famous Milo? I think, it's a, I think it's Greek mythology. Milo. Milo. I think it's the name of... Um, anyway, Milo would carry the goat from calf to goat. So every day would carry it on his shoulder. Oh, I heard that story. So he was just super ripped after well, yeah, so he's carrying every day the goat back and forth for, to the village or whatever, let's say 10 kilometers a day, 10 miles a day. And then every day the calf would grow bigger and he would notice because he's carrying it every day. And then eventually he's carrying a full-on cow or goat, whatever it was. And it's just the whole idea Ooh. is that like small progression over a long period of time creates maximum result. Like uh, like in the office when he puts the quarters in the, in the phone. Exactly. <laughs> and then one day he takes it out and he just cracks himself. Exactly. It's what? the Milo prank. I just want to make sure the audios are good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but that Milo uh, philosophy goes Milo. for everything for f- for saving money, for um, training. If you well, do. It's why investment works. Yeah. And like the best investment is like the slow drip kind of long term investing, like put X amount weekly and then eventually the interest compounds itself. And then 20 years later, you're. Hundred dollars a week becomes like a few hundred grand, and then after that, when it starts to double from there, you're gonna have like a million, like five years after that. Yeah, exponential growth scares me. I'm playing a video game right now where like you you can reset what's in the shop by spending coins, but it doubles every time. Mm. And even though you have like nine hundred thousand coins, because like you can cheat, you can just give yourself a bunch of coins. Eventually, like you're like oh two coins, four coins, eight coins, sixteen, <laughs> thirty-two, yeah. sixty-four, and like. After like 10 times, it's like 32,000 or something. Yeah, You're just like, what the go. fuck happened? Yeah. Where's all my coins? There you go. And then from then on, it starts to, when it, like doubling from two to four is not a big deal. But when you have like 32 doubles, then 64,000, and then it goes to 120. And then when you start seeing the millions double, it's like, holy fuck. That's what hurts is when it says like 125. Yeah. And then the next one's like 250 or whatever. And you're like, fuck, like yeah. this is starting to double fat you know like it's just the it's the fact that you're doubling every step two to four is not a big jump but it is the same jump as every other jump but it's the fact that you keep going and keep going and keep on the same amount gets double double doubled double to double bro that's the hardest concept for the chimp mind to understand is exponential growth because we can't see numbers that big maybe that's why it's you know the you know the the spell from that movie where they say double double toil and trouble or something like that no like maybe that's why that's what makes it a powerful spell is that you double the double, mm. you double double. Double double. What is that from? It's a movie oh with no, the Olsen twins. Double double. Get some uh, cream and sugar. Double double. It's true. <laughs> two cream, two sugar. <laughs> Which is nasty. I don't know why put people put cream in their fucking coffee. Actually, it's pretty good. I'll take that back. But black coffee, the way to go. Um, black coffee, mixing some dark chocolate, a little bit of maple syrup. With dark chocolate. I did it the other day. It was really good. Interesting. That's bitter on bitter. It might be good. 
Yeah, but it, it's there's a little bit of sugar. It's like a mm. seven. It's eighty two percent dark chocolate. Okay. But I it's really a different taste. I used to compare coffee and 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 chocolate, oh, like dark chocolate. Different. But there there's something there. It's a similar side of the palate, I think. Yeah, that, that kind of Some filly that bitterness. full taste. You know, kind of yeah. overtakes your whole mouth. Yeah, that's what she said. Oh, Michael hey. Scott in the house since we're going to the office. We got Michael Scott coming in. Michael Scott. Imagine someone just comes in full character. He's got the bandana and everything. Prison Mike. Prison Mike. I still haven't watched any of that. Yeah, you're crazy, bro. That's one of the best shows ever made. Whatever, bro. Have you watched... I'm trying to think. Of, I'm just frozen right now. I was just going to say yes to whatever you suggest. Community? Yes. Have you watched The Good Place? Yes. Have you watched Miracle Workers? No. Watch that. It's so good. I haven't so seen good. any of those ones, but... <laughs> Dude, all, all three of those shows are like my favorite. C- Community and The Good Place are a little more well-known, but... Uh, Miracle Workers is with R- Daniel Radcliffe, the guy who played Harry Potter. Mm. And also Steve Buscemi, or Buscemi, I don't know how to say his last name. Buscemi. He's just such a good actor. But the, sh- the show is genius. There's also, there's a bunch of other actors and actresses in that show. I don't know their names, but they're all great. But the show completely changes, like, setting mm. every season. Like, it makes oh, no sense. Oh, you mentioned that to me before. It's like a whole different... Yeah. Is it a different cast too? No. no. They're all rearranged and okay. like have more or less important roles, mm. b- which is interesting as well, but it's kind of equalizing the way it plays out, right? Uh, but I guess there's always like a love interest and it's always the same two characters. Mm. Maybe they're more just like friends in the first season, which is kind of refreshing. It doesn't have to be like a horny thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they can just love each other. Yeah. But it's great. Like the first season, I don't want to ruin anything, but like... The first season, they're angels in heaven. So it's like very strange sh- show. It's very like esoteric and a little bit like The Good Place and like this afterlifey, but like it works like a machine. The kind Good of thing. Place is with um, Kristen Bell. Also, the comedian there, uh, Ricky Gervais, no? No. Oh, no. You're it's a different. Of, it's um, Afterlife or something, it's called, or whatever. Yeah, Afterlife yeah. is a, it's a good I show feel too. Like the audio levels are so low on my end. Hold on. Hey, man. Just talk louder. Speak louder. Is loud. that better? I'm going to cut this out anyway, but... Uh, hello, hello. Now you're louder than I am. What's a competition? You got? Am I just talking louder than you? What's going on? Well, well <coughs> let's see. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're spiking. You're spiky. I'm, not, I'm lower now. I'm even lower. Are you lowering me? No, Are you no. messing with me, bro? You're the... You're mic two. You're mic one. Talk? Huh. Excuse me. Okay, so... That's better, no? I don't fucking know. I'm just going to talk loud. You could fix it in post. Okay, we're good? Still figuring it out, guys. Okay. After fucking almost three years now, probably. Yeah, I'll probably cut that little portion out. Don't do it, man. No, just leave it in. Cut it. Show warts and all. But I just want to get back to Milo. Um, That idea is not only for finance. It's really good for training, too. And that's kind of my new philosophy. Of training, and I think that's the 25s I've been telling you to do. It's just yeah. so that, well, for anyone listening, you can do this too. It's like super easy. It's 25 squats, 25 push ups, and 25 crunches. And if that's easy for you, you double it. If that's easy for you, you double it again and do 100. And if it's hard for you, do sets of 10 and then get to 30 anyway, or 25 or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's true. I was thinking, yeah, exactly. But so the, the bare minimum is the 25 of each, and you can do that multiple times a day mm. or just once a day. But is, the whole idea is that at the end of the week, if you just did the bare minimum, the 25s, what is that? Seven times 25 is what? My math is shit. 154. 
It's impossible. I'm I'm just okay. Well, <laughs> well, ten would be two fifty, and then minus seventy five, <laughs> so that would be one seventy five. So you're doing one hundred seventy five push ups a week, okay. one hundred seventy five squats a week, and one hundred twenty one hundred seventy five crunches a week. Okay, that's fucking good numbers if you add that up for the whole year. And honestly, I barely stuck to it. Now I can do like the twenty five in a row. The push ups, I guess, was the hardest one to actually do in a row. Yeah. And my wrist doesn't hurt anymore. Oh, good. I just forced myself through my wrist pain because I had like a cyst. And it's still there, but my brain's just like, well, he's going to fucking use it. Mm. And the pain's just gone now. That's it. I think sometimes just putting pressure on a joint over time, it actually helps the joint. It kind of squishes that synovial fluid and it feeds it. That was a gross sound. Yeah. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> but that's it. So like, <laughs> if you think about those numbers, like 175, 175 push-ups a week is phenomenal. That's true. You know, and then that's what I noticed when I had the pull-up bar. I was doing uh, a minimum of 25 pull-ups a day. And then I started going on this crazy rampage where I was doing 100 a day. And I did 100 a day for a month. And at the end of the month, I had 3,000 pull-ups. That's a little insane. And that's more than I ever did in my whole life (laughs) in in one month. You know, I'm like, if I calculated all the months, all my life's work, that month was more pull-ups than my entire life combined. It sounds like you said plups. Plups. You just said it really fast. I did a bunch of pull-ups. But but that's the whole idea of uh, training. And you know what's crazy about that 3,000? I didn't feel sore once. Right. I didn't feel sore once. You didn't have to break the bank on one day, take a couple days off. Then you would have done less that month. Yeah, I would have been three days to recover if I banked out too many, you know? I would do sets of five, sometimes sets of two, just randomly. Oh, if I'm home, I'll do five pull-ups and then go about my day. Did you switch grips and stuff? Yeah, I always fucked whatever you did? Okay. But Whatever you felt like, or did you try to keep track of it? I'm just no, curious. Honestly, just winging it. Winging it. At 100, you can do anything. Winging it. That's yeah. true. You're going to hit them all. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me think of uh, the Atomic Habits book that I, I dabbled in it. You can even find it online, like on YouTube, for free. I think most of it is just like someone audiobooks it, you know? Okay. And it's that book shouldn't be free. It's really good. Um, but he talks about... And for someone who like gets depressed sometimes and just do, like has a shit like a like I call I say the day is for the birds like it's mm. just the day is like a scrap day, I hate that feeling because then it, it that can compound also. Mm. So this concept of one percent better every day, and he says like after a hundred days, like imagine a year, imagine three hundred and sixty-five percent better. Mm. Like that's a that's a good year, man. Yeah, yeah. And then imagine you do, and and, and again, it's compounding. Imagine now you're three hundred sixty five percent. Even if you miss a couple of days, let's say you're two hundred percent better mm. in whatever measurable or unmeasurable ways. Imagine two years of that. Yeah. Kapow. Three years, four years. Like one percent is not hard. Do the dishes. Do the laundry. Do the do the twenty five sets of of for your exercise. Uh, meditate that day. Like, 1% is really, like, it's immeasurable, yeah. which means do a little something. But the 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 measurable, the difference is your attitude. Mm. Is like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make today count, even yeah. if it's a little bit. And, and then you probably wind. end up doing, like, 3, 4, 5%, yeah. because you're just not throwing yourself in the gutter kind of thing. I really like that idea. It's it works. Just, yeah, and I'm thinking it in my mind of just, like, small wins, at least one small win a day. So it could be yeah, small wins. Like, if you have like one of those write-off days, and you know, sometimes we all, we all get that. I get that too. And your small win can literally be making your bed that day, or doing the dishes, or just fucking, I don't know, cooking your your meal instead of ordering or something. But that's a small win. 
Yeah, there's a bunch of like that's the thing is that like like you know people have heard that like try to find a small win or something. Like, sometimes because it's cliche, it could bother you. It could like fit into a slot where you just go, oh, I don't. That doesn't work for me, you know, because mm. you've heard those words before. But I think it, there's really there's always a reason for the initial resistance for that for the building of that slot or that box, you know. And then to think outside the box is to notice the box and to be like, okay, why do I think that's not worth it? Why do I think mm. that's bad? And then it's like, oh, I have black and white thinking that helps me be depressed, that helps me find extremes, which is not healthy, that makes me think that I need to get a big win, which mm. is harder to do, especially where I'm at now. Maybe in general, it's just hard. Like you, big wins are usually made up of small wins, exactly, and failure and losses. Yeah, you know, like a stock market, like you always say, like when you zoom out to ten years, it's always it's it's pretty on steady. The up. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, that's it. That's so that's so crucial, and I think that's where a lot of people trip up is their wins are they're aiming too big for those wins, and you can switch the word to goal, but like when you have such a big. It, I'm thinking of it in the sense where I have a, a client for personal training coming to me and it's their first time training and I say, okay, let's start 50 push-ups. You know, <laughs> they'll fucking probably get to it and destroy themselves and their confidence is gone. Everything's gone and they probably might work on 1% of the people and they might come back the next time. But 99% of the people are never returning. But if you go like, oh, we're going to do one, pull, one push-up with 10 or 30 second breaks and we're going to do 10 times or 20 times, you just did 20 push-ups in uh, with longer periods but you still accomplish way more you know that's it these boxes like context you know you yeah. needed more time in between you needed a break that's just where you're at but then at the end of the day that you give this kind of gold star where it doesn't it doesn't mean nothing but it is a little bit fake where you go look you did 50 push-ups it just took you like four hours yeah you know like but that for some reason again like you were saying like we don't think exponentially like we just have these instincts mm. and that if someone just at the end of the day just like kind of distills everything you just did it's just a memory now mm. and you're like oh like i can put effort and even if it feels like shit i get the rewards and then and part of that reward might be someone just like might just be a number might just be yeah. it's not the feeling sometimes the feeling you know if you do hard cardio or whatever like if you feel better you sleep better like we were saying before like these things have value also for sure but a lot of times they're not there or they go away mm. and they go away for long periods of times like you plateau or whatever you want to call it. Those things are not reliable. And then a lot of people, like my friend Coco, he was saying, never look in the mirror when you're getting into shape because as soon as you look in the mirror and you're satisfied, you slow down or maybe even stop. And I was like, that might not be true for anybody, but that really hits me. Mm. Like when I start seeing the results, I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. And mm. then... I'm do I'm doing it quickly can turn into I did it because again I just have that black and white thinking and I and I mean that's a box in itself you can notice and and start navigating uh against you know but that's yeah. another conversation Yeah I mean it's a topic for another day <laughs> I mean for some people it's motivating if their goal is like uh less visual more numbers game too but for me like I don't know if looking in the mirror would do that to me. I think it would just keep motivating me to push more. I guess so. I, I think it depends on the type of mind you have. That's it. It depends on the person big time. But you then learn what, what fucks with you, what trips you up, and what actually keeps you going. Yeah, because for me, visual is more important now that I think about it. Because like, number-wise, if like I'm training, if I want to lose weight, which right now I'm on this weight loss journey, like uh, I'm about 10 pounds away from where I really want to be. And when I hit my goal for the week it kind of gives me some lead way to fuck off and fuck around a little bit. 
And that's where I guess his his thing applies, but for that, mm. you know, where it's it can kind of give you a way to kind of take a break. But that break is actually counterintuitive to your goal. Yeah, I think um, I haven't really mastered that. I don't understand that. Because sometimes, like, I'll push myself and I'm not being pr- productive. I'm not, like, I need a break. And then I'll take too much of a break or I, I'll wait too long to take the break so then I need a bigger break. Mm. And then that, that lack, like, you lose momentum. Yeah. There needs to be this kind of steadiness with taking pause, taking rest, and then coming back. And you kind of don't feel like it. You Going back into it, or yeah, because yeah. yeah. once you once you feel like it, you're like, wow, like the the rest is working, and then I'll say like maybe I'll keep resting. I'll feel like it even more, or some mm. stupid thing like that. But there's a very rapid, invisible drop off, and like just slacking doesn't benefit me or benefit anybody really. But that's where discipline comes in. It's like I think Tyson quoted that or something like uh, discipline is doing something. Uh, Doing something often, even when you hate it or something. It's just like, continually doing it. Uh, he was in the Rogan podcast. <laughs> Rogan even said, that's a quote. It's really yeah. funny. Uh, doing Discipline is doing something you hate, but doing it like you love it. That's what it was. Yeah, And uh, that's... <laughs> that's... F- that's a, a that is a topic for I mean we could talk about it now, but that is a different topic because you're now you're getting into like just making a different choice. It's like almost like we've been talking about like having self-awareness through experience, through making mistakes mm. and then kind of learning to navigate that like a like you're taking care of a dog. You know, like you're taking care like there's a part of you that doesn't want to do what you want to do. Mm. So there's this dissonance or like this fragmentation inside of you. And so you have to coax the part of you back into like you actually want to do this, you fucking idiot. But like yeah. you don't feel like you do. And then the, let's say the curator of action or the whatever, mm. the guy, the driver, you is like, I'm going to listen to the dude that wants to play video games or yeah. whatever. And it's like, why? What is that going to give you? Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's beneficial. Sometimes it's rewarding. But I mean, video games are a good example. It's always rewarding and in a fake way as well. So there's really like a... There's no line. You just kind of transition into laziness. You know, I, 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 that word's like a four-letter word for me. Yeah. I don't want to use it uh, often, or, or I want to use it carefully. Well, but it's also comfort. I think it's comfort and laziness. Hand in hand, yeah. they kind of, they kind of twist tied together. Fucking totally, man. And it's like, and that's fucked up. That's toxic because comfort's good. Yeah, comfort's a but, good thing. But that's the society. But that's what I'm realizing is that that's the, the marketing, uh, mechanism of our society is it pr- it pushes the comfort zone on everyone because when you're comfortable you're a consumer you're doing well you're not a consumer if you're comfortable but you everything is designed to to fulfill the consumer because the consumer is just trying to uh, is is in this comfort state and you look at it like food ordering like Uber Eats is just designed to make you in the most comfortable uh state of mind where you don't even have to think about effort of getting food anymore yeah and then, so all these things are catering around this, this, I don't know if it's intentional or if it's the market demanded this, but this minimal effort, maximum uh, results, not maximum result, maximum gratification that's happening. Yeah. And it's in every, every field, every single industry now is catering to that. Like if you want to learn guitar, when I first started guitar, the main keywords and headlines that would pop up on YouTube were how to learn this song in three minutes. Or yeah, like easy. so so quick, and you know I use some of that to to start, but it's like that's that's the market is demanding that. Yeah, it's almost like there's a middle ground where you can say like, 
like not easy or like hey learn and and you know oh be amazing in a month or whatever like these claims mm. and then they just blame you or they have disclaimers or something you could just say like this will be encouraging mm. you could just be like 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 take the take the veil off of the marketing you know so that the marketing is still there but you're not tricking the person into tricking themselves into buying your product you're just saying hey look if you learn these four chords you can play like a hundred songs and you can learn how to sing over it. Uh, like you could, like it's very versatile. Yeah. And then you can learn to strum the patterns in those chords. And then you can learn different uh, yeah. time uh, signatures with those chords. And you're just playing four chords. Now your hands are getting stronger. You can practice singing. You're practicing like uh, synchronizing your left and right hand. Mm. And if I say that to someone, they might have some questions, and maybe I'm talking a little too fast. They don't have a reference point for guitar yet. But then I can answer those questions. They're yeah. not complicated. It's yeah. two conversations, and now this person is your fucking customer. Instead of just, oh, five days, you're going to be so good. Fucking biddle biddle yeah. And it's like, that's not, um, that's not true. And if someone thinks it's true, it's discouraging because after five days, they have failed in their mind. Or it is true, but then you're selling them some sugar, salt, fat, you know, reductive... Yeah version of guitar playing and then again you're doing them a disservice and down the line they're going to think they failed somehow yeah. or they're going to just be gypped out of money I, I'm, we're not supposed to use that term anymore because it refers Gyp? to gypsies yeah. oh yeah really interesting yeah Outrage I, just, I just caught myself there well, I know but you're cancelled now bro I like if I'm offending somebody because it's a stereotype I like removing that from my lexicon that's fair well you know like uh, Jude used to be one the same as Jip I think you oh, that's, Jude me that's bro that's rough <laughs> it yeah. was pretty rough yeah I had that growing up you Jewed me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I never took offense to it, but it's very offensive if you think about it. You remember when I asked you if that's why they call it jewelry? It might be. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? I was serious. <laughs> that's the worst part. I'm like, this is a bad question, <laughs> you know, but like, I wonder if the etymology is, is in there somewhere. Maybe. But um, that's a good point. But I also, I have to put out, sometimes they just use those catchy phrases as the title and then you get into the video and they're talking about what you you just said. And I got to give a shout out to Marty Music because that's the guy who started me into guitar. He was like, he's like, his method of learning was just like, let's fucking play the, those those hun- those chords that play hundreds of songs. Let's nice. get good at strumming. Let's feel it out and let's have fun. Let's not learn like Mary Had a Little Lamb or something. <laughs> let's just play a Hotel California or... Um, or uh, House of the Rising Sun, like right off the bat, let's go to it, you know. That's fun. I, I, it, learning, learning music is interesting for me because there's uh there's this guy Victor Wooten, he has a really cool uh, like it's not a TED talk, but it's like sort of a, it's like by TED, and it's TEDx. just I guess so, yeah. yeah. But like he's not he's not in front of an audience. Mm. It's just him. You know, sometimes they do cartoons with like narrations and stuff. He's literally there's a camera just circling him and he's just playing the bass. And this guy is really good at the bass. Mm. Like, I can't explain how good he is at the bass. Anytime he's playing, like, I've seen him play for real, Mm. he's always holding back. Like, he's one of those. Yeah, like, he's a monster. So, but he's so playful and so loving that, like, when he talks about music, he's like, I mean, just go watch that video. Like, maybe we could even put put it in the Mm. description or something. But, like, he says, music is a language. And, like, in a nutshell, when, like, think about how you learn language. Hmm. You you are like freestyling for the first years of your life. You're jamming with experts. And like think of how fast you would learn if you could play the piano. And like imagine there's like two or three pianos in a room 
and there's some people rocking out and mm. they really know what they're doing, but they also have the patience to let you learn and mm. to give you like, you know, imagine when you're learning language and people are just like, oh, say dada, say dada. Yeah, yeah. And then you might not say dada, but like you make a sort of noise and they're so happy. They're so encouraging. <laughs> and you're like, shit, I got to do that again. And then on top of that, the reward is to be able to express and communicate in the most fundamental and detailed way that humans can mm. yet so far. And uh, maybe not fundamental. You know, music can be fundamental also in terms of communicate. But that's my point is that it's a form of communication, a form of expression. And that freestyle ability, that, f that space to be jamming mm. with people who are better than you but, like, not outplaying you. Yeah. You know, like, we've all had a teacher who loses track of teaching you and they just start playing mm. and then you feel like you're just watching them sort of and you're like this is stupid like what am i doing here yeah and then yeah. you feel like you feel like you suck or you feel like they suck and you can't say something or like it's you a know, strange like, position to be in yeah, yeah yeah especially if you're canadian and everyone's just like a little too polite <laughs> and you're just like how do i tell this guy that i'm not learning right yeah. now like you, do, you know and you're like okay cool that was really cool but like how do i do that yeah victor wooten man but what good. about him just the what was the TED talk about? Was just him playing? Excuse me. He the voiceover is him explaining what how we're teaching music wrong, and I it's I like see. don't learn Mary had a little lamb. Don't like w if you learned language and you instantly went into syntax, grammar, and like uh, the alphabet and stuff like that. Like you would get discouraged and confused. It's true. But people, but when they learn English or when they, when they learn whatever their language is, they have already been talking at a pretty high level. Yeah almost expert level like you know compared to others you know very let's say intermediate like like mm. you're you can string sentences you can play a song you can freestyle like i can express myself in yeah. language because they just have been trying for so long people even say with other languages like go to the country you know you want to you want to master italian go woofing in fucking tuscany for a year you're going to be for the, they don't a, speak english you're going to yeah. have to figure it out you have to point at stuff and say aqua exactly tavole like, so fast like that yeah the, it's funny to say that cuz uh, there's a kosher restaurant at the mall that i grew up around and it's called jerusalem jerusalem express and the guy that worked there for like 20 years Great name. he spoke fluent hebrew like incredible he sounded like an Israeli, and he was a Greek dude. He's not even Jewish, <laughs> <laughs> and he just learned his. He learned Hebrew from working there, and he speaks it. He like he can have full. I I don't speak Hebrew, but he was having full conversations with people like fluent, and he never learned Hebrew. He just learned it from working there, and they just That's twenty funny. years of just learning new words, and now he has a master at Hebrew. That always impresses me because it's That's like the Milo effect, bro. You're right. That's fucking Milo, man. That's the title, bro. We're going to Milo effect it. <laughs> but um what was this? Uh, like I I had to I had to for m for like a few jobs ago, or a lot of jobs ago at this point. I was I was on the phones and I was speaking English and French. Hmm. So a call came in and I had to just on the fly switch to French. My French is really rusty now. It's been years. Hmm. It's there. It's always going to be there. It was technically it was my first language. It was my first words all that like I was really French which is weird to say now because I'm super, like I think in English, like mm. all that stuff. But my French got so good in like a month. Yeah, just, just doing it, eh? yeah. just talking. But I, but like I, like I said, you know, like 
I've I already had a base for that language. Imagine you just really have to learn from scratch. I, I guess that's exponential also, like we talked about. It really is the Milo that's effect. You're starting off with one fucking word sometimes. I'm thinking that like if you learn a new word every time you're working, let's say he works five days a week, every day he's learning one new word. You <laughs> calculate it for the year. How many fuck? That's the whole language. Mm. And at one Google search, and you learn like how to ask for certain things. Yeah. Uh, ask uh, like say I don't speak blah 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 and and like do you speak English or something mm. like so you can ha- get them to help you or even just learn like the first hundred like the most common hundred words like to and yeah. there here me you like piss shit bathroom <laughs> <laughs> where's the library for some reason that's always been important yeah it's so true though and I think we need to get back to that mindset as a collective because it's like doing the bare minimum in each field will get you pretty far as a starting place. Like bare minimum, okay, one word a day is the bare minimum I'm going to do. And mm-hmm. then, okay, the next week I can actually form a few sentences and then I can add, now I'm going to up it from bare minimum to like plus two. And now I'm going to learn two words a day or something or two sentences. Yeah. And we can do that for, like that's what I did with the guitar, but I sometimes when I'm into something, I go into my extremist state and I'll just start jamming and jamming and play like four hours and then my fingers were ready to go versus if I was doing five minutes a day, it would probably take a few more months for my fingers to be accustomed to it. I think that's natural. I mean, like, that mentality still exists. It must, maybe even unconsciously for some people. It's just ingrained in them at a young age or something. But I think the problem is that it, like, like, look at me. I'm a Mm. great example of what I'm talking about. Maybe that's why I think it's everywhere, because it's just in my life. But, like, people people learn it late, you know, and it can be encouraging, like what you're talking about, this like the 80-20 distribution mm. that's so common. Like in the first 20 percent of the time that you're going to put in to a skill, you will gather 80 percent of the information, the knowledge or the experience or whatever. Mm. Like you'll get good fast. You want to be great. That last 20 percent is going to take 80 percent of the time. Yeah, exactly. So you don't really need like there's for a lot of things. You don't need that. You just need to be good at it. Yeah, you can be competent yeah. at a lot of stuff. And mm. just kind of, you know, be a jack of all trades. A, a what do they call it? A Renaissance man. That's you what know? they call it. I like that. I love that phrase because yeah. I picture like a like a blacksmith who can also like play the violin and like, yeah. you know, like you can make shit with your hands, yeah. but you're also like a sweetheart. And then he's feeding a baby kitten with. The yeah, <laughs> totally, man. <laughs> he's these big and burly hands. And he'll he'll he's he's crazy in the sack too. You know, <laughs> like he's just who is this person. <laughs> he's the, he's the everyman. He's the Ubermensch. It's the Ubermensch. Yeah, he's the he's the guy that we aspire to be. That's a good point. Yeah. And I guess it's different for everybody. I think I just named my Ubermensch. Yeah. Should I become a blacksmith? I Is that, that what's I happening right now? I think that's your deeper layers of what you really want. That's it. I want to. I I'm, I got like two out of three. I could take <laughs> care of kittens and ladies. I just need to make fucking metal. Like I gotta start making knives. Yeah. and play the violin. I'm already musical too, man. I'm fucking three the quarters there. Let's just, do it. Just got to start making knives, bro. I actually kind of want to do that. It's weird. Oh, yeah? Like, I'm just bringing this up now, but like, it's, it's like a, that would be really cool. <laughs> there you go. Making shit is fun, man, but imagine making shit out of metal. That shit's going to last like a hundred years. Crazy imagine is the glass blowers, bro. That's I don't like that. No? Because I don't want to use my breath to make mm. something. It mm. seems like contingent on my mood. Mm. It's uh, It's very, I've actually thought of that. Like, I had a friend who became a glassblower, and he just went for it. Like, you know when someone oh talks yeah. about something, and they just fucking actually end up doing it? Good for them. Yeah, I love that. I love seeing that, because it's so not me. <laughs> I've had a few people in my life where they just said, like, I'm going to blah, and you know? And it's it. like, he's a pilot now. And it's like, he did it. Fucking, fucking A. 
but we we had a point there I wanted to get back to. I just can't remember from what tangent that was. I'm just gonna keep talking about blacksmithing if you don't remember. Yeah, it's gone. It'll come back. But what were we saying before the blacksmithing? Renaissance man. Right before that. What were, what were we saying? What was the? They're probably listening. Like they were saying this. <laughs> <laughs> we sorry guys can't hear. Just it. pause it, play it back, and go. Okay, we were talking about. Yeah. Okay, but either way, it'll come back. But that's yeah. Milo effect. Milo effect. Uh, it was probably about that. We Something about we the Milo. A, we have a secret theme. Fucking Milo effect. <laughs> it's okay. One percent better. But yeah, day. but that, but that, I just go with this. But that thing, that mindset is. There's something about us where, when we look at a project or a thing we have to do or something, we look at the end result, and we base our excitement or our motivation based on the end result, and. Sometimes the end result can be, I'll use training, for example, because it's always the easiest. Mm. 100 push-ups, that's the end result. And your first time training, if you're looking at hitting 100 push-ups, you might just fucking never start because of that goal. is just so out of your context of, of... Like I said, doing just 10. Yeah. Like it'll get you started, but you're going to end up doing more than 25 yeah, most and, of the time. Yeah. And But the way we do things is we look at that end result and we get discouraged from it most of the time and we don't even start thinking that it's just too hard and whatever it is. But, yeah. and, and that's where like a teacher was saying was like, who's teaching you guitar and then he just goes on this fucking crazy solo in the middle of your guitar lesson. It's like he's doing 100 push-ups in front of you. And, and you're then like, you're just the like, fuck oh. is this showing me? And that might work for like the five or one or 10% of people, but majority of us would be like, oh, what the fuck? I'll never be able to do that. And then they're done. Johnny talks about that often because hmm. he like you know he's been on here a couple times like he he talks about like being being discouraged and then encouraged by that feeling of discouragement like he he's yeah. gonna see someone playing really well but he has sat down and taught himself guitar mm. he has gotten better and he knows he can do it so he's like I gotta go home and practice yeah. And that's his attitude now. Instead of like, oh, I suck. I can I can never get better. It's like, oh, I suck. And then there's like that fire of like, I have room to, to grow here. That's a certain amount of people that think that way. And that's a very good way to think. And seeing something that's discouraging and using it as motivation. Yeah. And turning that discouragement is exciting. Doing it like you love it, man. Yeah. We can change the way we think. But for people, people, people got to let go of that. But that's where I'm thinking the, the role of a mentor is so powerful for, for people that don't see it that way. It helps, for sure. For people that would see that solo and get discouraged and stop. If that guy said, oh, no, no, come, let's learn this. As a mentor, that changes it, you know? My mom used to always sit, like, when uh, when she was cooking, I'd always have, like, questions. And sometimes I'd ask the same questions. And that's, that shows you that the person is just, like, intimidated. Mm. They're not really listening. They're just like, how do you do that? And she, she used to say, c'est pas la magie noire. Like, it's not, it's not black magic. Mm. You know, like, I used to suck, too. Yeah. Like, you just have to get your hands dirty. Don't think about it. A lot of people... Uh, less than the average, uh, like m not a lot of people, I should say, but a lot of people are, you know, they can learn from other people, they can learn from books, they can learn from other people's mistakes, and they can learn quickly because mm. of those factors. Most people just have to get in there. And I, for some reason, have a hang-up about that. Like, I should be smarter or something. And it's so stupid. It's been mm. so limiting. And I, I've, I've grown the most when I just change my environment. Because mm. I, I can't get over that resistance, so I have to just move to Tuscany, like we said before. And yeah. then you're in the flames, 
and you you come out uh, different you know you yeah you forge yourself through the fires blacksmithing <laughs> shit we've <laughs> Sammy's gonna be a blacksmith soon you're gonna have your own podcast about blacksmithing dude I'm no joke like the thought of me like like with a hammer and like the thing yeah like the mask thing ching, yeah ching, and like ching. my arms are super huge and I got like that robe that's like Fucking heavy it, that's like made out of leather and I'm just making like samurai swords or whatever Fucking the do fuck do it bro you got it I wanna make stuff that like you're not you're not afraid of breaking it. You're afraid of dropping it and breaking your toe or breaking like the or damaging <laughs> your floor. Like that's what I want to make shit that's like that will outlast me. Mm. You want to leave your mark. I like it. it. It won't last long in terms of human history, but it might last like a hundred years. And if someone takes care of it, maybe it'll last two hundred years. Knows, metal metal is not. Uh, maybe you'll make this metal stone infusion. And I'll be like, <laughs> I'll create a new alloy. Fuck, that might be cool. Like a stone handle and then a metal knife. Do they have that? There's um, there's a sword that's like a, like hundreds of years old, and it's made out of a meteorite, and it's black. That's so cool. The blade is that black, is so cool. dude. I really love that. That's phenomenal. I've seen like blades made of jade and yeah. shit like that. There's some rocks the way they break too. Like yeah. I think it's um, obsidian is it obsidian obsidian is a beautiful rock is that that black shiny uh yeah, yeah dude when it breaks it breaks at like a molecular level so the shards of it are crazy sharp mm, so someone crazy made an obsidian sharp. knife that must be so cool yeah there are obsidian knives they're expensive it's probably sharp as fuck it's ridiculous you can't sharpen it because it was made by breaking it mm. i guess maybe you could chip it off like the way they just used to make stone tools yeah and still do obviously technology never goes anywhere but like you know what's funny? It makes me think of uh this is really intelligent. This is why I love comic books. Um what's her name? Oh yeah, it was like uh it was like Women's Day yesterday or today. I don't remember. I think it was yesterday. International Women's Day. Ooh. I don't how many ladies are listening? It's usually mostly men, like on YouTube in general, but I like shoot us a comment. Yeah. Anyway, so Wonder Woman, her sword is is sharp, is like super sharp to the molecule. So it's really funny because two things happen. One, she can stab Superman because mm. Superman is very strong and impervious, but like at a molecular level, like you it's will split, <laughs> like you'll split atoms. Like, you'll, well, you'll, you'll move atoms out of the way. He'll have a nuke explosion inside? No, no, yeah, that's why I said split. <laughs> I, got, I went away from But the, the fun part is that if you drop the sword into the ground, it will slam and it'll slice into the ground until it hits the hilt. Whoa. Like it'll slice through anything like it butter. So it just keeps going through. Well, it, it'll stop at the hilt. What the fuck's a hilt? The the handle. Ah, I see. Blacksmithing. <laughs> Guys, Sammy, I, think I know the words already. What the fuck, Sammy? Yeah. It's incredible. Sammy the blacksmith, it's happening. <laughs> I'm just going to always wear the, the 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 apron also. No, dude, you, you got to sign up. Why are you wearing that? I'm a blacksmith. You got to <laughs> sign up to some blacksmithing school. I don't even know where you go for that. There, so well, I guess if I, I got to learn how to no, weld and stuff like that. If there was no hilt, it would just go through the earth and then come out the other end? Yeah, and then just fly through the sky in fucking Australia, and then go into space. It would slow down in, in equal well, force. It would go through the core. Yeah, we've talked like you know the whole to China yeah. idea. Yeah, like you would eventually you'd rock back and forth. You don't have enough energy to actually. I don't know if you have enough energy to escape. No. Uh, you get jammed gravity. up in there. Eh? But if you don't, yeah, you'll just fall back and forth. First of all, it'd be crazy hot yeah. in the middle. But if it wasn't, you would eventually just get like stuck <laughs> in the middle and then get slowly crushed by gravity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Into like a small ball. 
So at Earth's core, there's nickel and cobalt and also some guy who tried to dig to China and was successful. And now he's a ball. That reminds me of that of weird movie. muscle and bone. <laughs> I don't know why I brought up that weird movie, The Core, I think it was called. Do you remember that one? Yeah, with the guy who played Two-Face. And I don't remember any other actor that was in there. I don't know Two-Face. Oh, who's that, that dude, the black dude with the glasses? He's a great actor. Samuel L. Jackson? No. <laughs> he doesn't wear glasses. <laughs> actually, he does wear glasses in real life. <laughs> Damn, what other movie was that guy in? I think he might. Okay, it doesn't matter. But yeah, the core. Well, they built some crazy st- like tube and they drill into yeah, the why center did they of the do that? I don't remember this, the premise. The core the stops spinning and it messes with. Uh, I know, I'm a crazy. Like, was I'm it a movie the one where the birds like started going into the walls and shit? Like the magnetic field was. Something was changing? I don't remember that scene, but that would make sense, I guess. Yeah, like the, um, the earth, the magnetic field would be gone and it w- we would lose protection from yeah. from solar radiation. And something would happen to so the they wanted layer, to nuke. They wanted to nuke the the core and try to get the spin again or something, right? Yeah. What a crazy movie. <laughs> oh, that other guy was in it too. Man, I don't remember any of these guys' names, but they're all great actors. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, maybe uh, your obsidian fucking knife from the comic book would have solved that problem. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw it in there. <laughs> I love how things are... This is totally off topic, but like things this are whole things off topic. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> but like, um, like how different materials can look the same, but one will be way more dense. Mm. So like, you pick it up and it's like way heavier. That's always been fascinating too. It's yeah. like the milk carton, you know, like when it's empty and you just go like, yeah, like that, that Seinfeld joke yeah. where it's like you thought it was full, so you I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's the the Milo effect, the, yeah. the the phone prank. Yeah, man, we keep going full circle. <laughs> well, the the phone prank is at the office where you put where he kept putting the quarters in the phone. Yeah, it's perfect. And so it, the whole idea was for Dwight to smash his face after like six or a month of just... It just puts a quarter in every day or every... Th- and then like slowly makes it heavier and heavier. He doesn't notice. Yeah. And then one day he takes them all out. <laughs> so he just cracks himself with the phone. That's amazing. Yeah, that's genius. Yeah. But that's fucking Milo. This this podcast is Milo. Sorry, guys. It really is. You you found the title through listening. I don't... I have no idea how long we've been going. I've I haven't checked any. I haven't. I didn't put my yeah, phone. Damn, up. I think we're at forty-five minutes. Oh, we'll just go for another yeah. twenty minutes, maybe. <sighs> Let's take a breath. So guys. What do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> you guys just listen to us <laughs> week after week. What's your input? I'm that sure. would be great. I would love for like Caleb to just be like, "Hey, man, talk about lucid dreaming again." You know, like you <laughs> did an episode in the early days. Or a specialty episode of like a request from you guys if you want a specific type of guest on. You know. That could be cool too, or a specific type of topic. That's some we've had some good guest suggestions. What kind of topic have we not covered? That's fascinating. Well, we have a bit of a niche. I don't think we ever sat down and wrote it down and like Mm. had like a mind map, but like, and I kind of don't want to do that. I don't want to deconstruct it. I feel like it grew. It's it grew into what it was. You know, supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you're right. Well, because Carlos Tanner, this is a great example of what I'm trying to say. He would say, um, "What a guy, man! That was a phenomenal dude." I would love to go drink ayahuasca with him one day. How, <laughs> how cool would that be? I'm sorry. You know, like like grab a drink with a friend, yeah. but it's ayahuasca. <laughs> like that's what it's... Uh, I'd love to go grab a drink with him. Oh, but honestly, fuck, of the so madre. I would love to drink with, with Carlos, with uh, ayahuasca we're talking about. Carlos, um, I can't believe I forgot his name. Shashi? Yeah, you nailed it. Shashi? You always say Sashi. Sashi. It's a weird name. Shashi. Shashi. Fucking Luke. Um, so many of these guys, even Drew. Luke was not. Yeah, fucking Drew, Renato. Yeah, dude, those guys were. Yeah, they're, they're, what a. <laughs> we had a great lineup, man. What a motley crew of like awesome Even the fucking. Humans. What's his name? Um, 
Crowley. Mike Crowley? Oh, yeah. Dude, the, I love it. We got to get him back on. Yeah, the old guy with uh, all about... Uh, Ancient mysticism. He had what he. Had, I I want to read his book. Yeah. We had we had people that we had never had like listened before. They were they, leaving comments because yeah, they're like, they I love it. this guy's book. Yeah. He wrote about how psychedelics influenced or even created a Buddhism, mm. which is like what? Yeah. But like back then, people were just getting high all the time for eating sure. Mushrooms and like, who knows? Back then, we gets we've lost never in translation. Stopped. But if like you think about it. It grows from cow shit usually, and then the cow is like the sacred animal in India, and like there, oh yeah, mushrooms just everywhere. Like I like everywhere. The connection has to be there. It just makes sense, and I think it just lost through broken telephone to get to today. And now it's just like you have to kind of put together all sorts of pieces of information to get the true story. I, I like historically these things speaking, were secretive. These things were always secretive because power. Even today, like now it's coming to the surface. But like nine or like five years ago, even I'll go back five years my ayahuasca use and psychedelic use was pretty secretive. I would only talk about it with the niche circle, you know? So I can imagine, and my my consequence of that was really just be publicly um, looked down upon. Back then, you'd probably get hung or something, you know? Jesus, a little bit, like, eh? For doing, like, fucking witchcraft or something. like. Now I feel like when I talk to people about it, first of all, I have no shame. Like, I'm sure the podcast in part is very helpful for that mm. um, or responsible for that. But they are also like, oh, I ha- I know a guy who goes to those. Yeah. Which means you know a guy who knows a guy who serves. Exactly. Like, that's... And that's a lot of that's my a friends. Lot of a lot of people, yeah. man. But I just want to get back to my point about Carlos Tanner. Um. And, and about in coinciding with our podcast, he he was saying for usually about two weeks before someone comes to do his retreat program, they journal, they journal, they journal. And then as they write journal entries daily, their intention starts to surface through that continuous writing. Yeah. And so if they don't have a clear intention because they're journaling, it's just going to come up because their unconscious mind is just working through it. So I think that's kind of what's happening with our podcast is just we had no idea of the theme behind it. It was just like an idea and it kind of the theme kind of evolved and surfaced through all the episodes. Like create slash divine <laughs> the, the purpose just through repetition. Exactly. The Milo effect again, really. <laughs> Fucking Milo. Yeah, no, but it really applies. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that we did go a little full circle. Like we, we, you really were like, I love our conversations and also like we have a faith in psychedelics in, Mm. in common. So why don't we like preach plant medicine a little bit? And that was really the, the, like the, the brain baby of it all. Right. And it really did kind of become like, let's just talk to people, which is just really fun. And like, Mm. we had like super cool people on from all walks of life, just, being like into like breaking world records, being into fitness, um, being uh, uh, life coaches, uh, authors, wh- whatever you know, mm. like and, and all the plant medicine like uh, facilitators and things like that. Mm. Um, and it it never it it became a bit of a hodgepodge, but it did have a kind of param a perimeter. It did kind of have like a like a theme, mm. and we haven't. I don't feel like we've done anything different consciously. But it's just kind of we, like it's just I'm just noticing that we we stuck to the theme mm. in a sense, and it's maybe it's just a reflection of you know like what we want to talk about or who we want to talk to and it's and weird eh how it kind of formed. It is confusing. 
the <laughs> it is if you really think about it because like some guests we'd have on let's say we do a couple guests a week and we're having such similar conversations with the second guest but the first episode the first guest right before him wasn't released yet and the conversation was just like a continuation of that point of mm. the previous guest I m- you remember that happened a few times yeah like points come up i've always i've i've noticed a lot lately that when we talk we're processing mm. you know we're not we're not listening or giving information sometimes we're just thinking out loud yeah. so i feel like we might have influenced that a lot and then someone we might say something and that sounds good so we repeat it mm. and we go oh wow like i kind of s- you know the i got some little muse like some little yeah. idea that that's really a good way of formulating uh that idea or the guest often uh, more often than not gives us some new info and then we're bringing that to the table uh, and i wonder if it, there's a bias there like we, I, i do remember what you're saying like i just noticed like recurring themes mm. and it's like we're the common factor like are we creating this but i feel like we weren't sometimes like there was just this uh yeah rupert sheldrake like uh resonance happening i think it's a combination of the two it's a I conscious and unconscious and then a metaphysical variable that happens Yeah. Life's very algorithmic as well, you know. Maybe there's an, a third factor, yeah, a fourth factor that's just like influencing all of us because we frequent similar websites. Everyone does now. The the internet has been bottlenecked like crazy, and uh, we live in the same city. Maybe we speak the same language if they d- if they live in other countries. Like it's yeah. But then you would uh, Steve Maxwell goes that we've attracted this at some point. You know, that's the kind of philosophy he was he would take. That's always, I think that's always true to a degree because of s- how much, um, how much our lives are set. Mm. And so the people we cross are also on a similar path, but also how much we don't notice how much, like just how our, the, by virtue of how our brains work, yeah. we're filtering out so much. What we end up letting in is very thematic. It's very like, uh, you know, it's like, circa the mood you know like if yeah. you will so it's it's uh there's a, i don't know I, th- there could be other I- ideas of why that happens there's just some kind of magical nonsense it's just god or it's just something bigger than well, but like there's logic to it yeah there is definitely there logic be. to it it's like i'll use the a few examples but one is like if you're driving you just got a new car and it's uh honda civic and then you start noticing only honda civics on the road and they're all over the fucking place civic and <laughs> the civic And then so it's not that you've attracted it, it's that that's your your frequency you're on now and now you're just seeing it everywhere because that's what you're relating to. And or it's what you have, right? So it's it's just where your mind's at. And that could apply for everything. And that's I c- another I someone you were talking, something popped in my head, but it's like I just pictured like everyone running around with musical instruments on daily life and someone's playing like an A note and then they just start they bump into someone with an A and they're just both like <laughs> doing this harmony <laughs> they just go to the next person but like like a a note that doesn't really go with it or a chord doesn't go with it they would kind of avoid it and go to the next one and that's kind of the law of attraction in a sense you know <laughs> that's funny that you use music as an example i just saw um jacob coulier or whatever his name is he's a he's like a m- prominent musician he's like a genius he's like he's just musical this guy you told me about before the podcast with the that playlist? No, it's not him. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. Um oh the that was from a podcast. That was yeah. uh Corey Allen. Okay. He just shared that music. Okay. Great music too. What was it called? Undercurrent? Undercurrent. Bill yeah. Evans? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. 
Um, no, this guy is just a, he's a musician. He's like a young guy. He looks, I mean, maybe he's just baby face or something, but he looks young. But he he's like he does like that uh, Bobby McFerrin thing where he like in, at his live shows he makes the the crowd sing. So he go like he breaks them. I into saw divisions. a video of this. Yeah, very cool. And very, very people cool. like you find resonance. But then doesn't he go from like left to middle to right, and then like he'll just do a tune, and then the next the middle portion of the crowd will just add it without his with his direction. That's why I compared it to Bobby McFerrin because yeah. he's using the the pentatonic scale. Yeah. And there's something instinctual about like where the notes go and you almost can't like play it wrong. It's so so you give like the like the they go like uh and they go uh and they go uh like and he splits it into three and then he just goes up and down with his hands yeah. like to make them sing and he didn't tell them where to go up or down <laughs> but they're going they know where to go because if they don't if they go wrong it sounds wrong and some of them are probably singing wrong notes but there's like a hundred people in each sec- yeah. section if not more and Bobby McFerrin did a, a similar thing where he kind of like pretends to play like the piano by jumping up and down like like yeah. step to step and uh, this other guy um, what is his name he's a mentalist uh, in the UK I can't remember his name right now. Oh, come on, brain. It doesn't matter. But he he does some fun stuff with mentalism. And one thing he did was he had an orchestra. Mm. And they're used to playing together. And he says, just start playing together. And, like, just find a song. Like, they know a hundred songs, you know? So, like, what are they going to play? Without communicating. Without communicating. But here's the kicker. I love this drill. Here's the, the best part of it. The guy, the conductor, I, I just said the guy, <laughs> the guy who does the thing with the stick, he has a song in mind. So he's try, he's like, eh, and he's doing like you're saying, like, that's not what I want. That's what I want. And then they start, they, they kind of just congeal into the song. And it's like some Beethoven song. It's not like mm-hmm. uncommon. But they start playing it. And then he like takes the envelope out where he wrote what he was going to think. And it's the right song. Whoa. So what's uh, happening there? Two things. One, everything we just talked about. Two, if it didn't work, we didn't see it because it's the magic of of TV. That's true too. <laughs> fucking TV. What the fuck is his name? Though? I was like, t- is he a famous guy? If you yeah, if you have any exposure to like like is British TV, like okay, you know this guy. He's he he's a short dude. He's he's even been on like the the new Sherlock Holmes. He has like red hair. Hmm. No, I don't know. He was on. He's a. He's very interesting. He was on Russell Brand's podcast, and he's a very fascinating guy. Really thoughtful. Really intelligent. Is he just a musician, or does he do other things? No, no. He's a mentalist. A mentalist. Yeah. Okay. Like so, he's gonna like. He's gonna use like stooges, like actors. Mm-hmm. He's gonna use magic tricks, uh, devices, um, sleight of hand. Mm. He'll pickpocket people. Like he has. A, he has a mixture of so skills. Wait, Hypnosis. He was, he was composing for this group. No, no, no. He just he just thought of the idea and recorded it. Oh, I see. But I he see. told the conductor of the thing, pick a song, don't tell anyone what it is, and then just start conducting that song. But did he talk to everyone, or he just spoke to the conductor? Because uh, I'm sure why. there was like a, a little trick that would create a suggestion. Oh, maybe there's a. That's why I'm saying that he has a gambit of tricks. Yeah, so it could have been because like. There's but that, that might just work anyway because of what we talked about. Yeah. They're 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 practiced together, 
And this guy's literally pointing like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds like what I want. So then the guy starts playing louder, maybe. Yeah. And then the people around him go, oh, maybe it's this song. Yeah. And then if, if you really literally start thinking of a song, a specific song, then it's over. There's a little pocket that's like, oh, we're mm. going to try this. And then he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. And then everyone follows suit. It's not I would impossible. I would love to see that drill done. Darren Brown. Darren sorry. Brown. Beautiful. Darren Brown. Came back. Fucking love that guy. I used to love magic and mentalism and shit like that. But like hypnosis uh, and all that jazz. Yeah, it's but like I feel like there was some. Uh, well, sorry, that drill I think would be super cool to see as like a practice for composers to do with their orchestra. Like it's just I feel like it's such a cool way to kind of get the team in sync. I feel like you never know what you're gonna find. You know, yeah. like um, in my kung fu class, I I didn't learn Wing Chun, but it was like he was teaching Wing Chun and White Crane. So I'm mm. doing White Crane, and then there's like a few people on the other side of the class. Yeah. sharing the class but doing a different martial art and they would often close their eyes because they had this kind of like push hand technique where they would learn to fight without seeing and more mm. with feeling and like you don't have to do that that's mm. not benefiting you in, in any way but you're just m like flexing another muscle yeah. so it's like like imagine rolling in jujitsu and just having blindfolds on yeah yeah, I always thought about that. It's just, I think we did that. Well, we did that in massage school. I don't know if you remember that. It was like. A yeah, I remember. I remember because I did a really stupid thing. Oh yeah. I was like feeling it out, and I just start thinking about the person and the muscle, and I forget about my body, yeah. and I'm I'm like contorted, <laughs> trying to like massage something, <laughs> and I just hear Heather go, uh, "What was her name? Michelle." Yeah. She goes to Michelle and goes, "Go fix that," <laughs> like because I'm just doing something so bad. <laughs> She just goes, go, go fix whatever he's doing. Yeah, so that that was a drill <laughs> where we would massage our partner with uh, blindfolds on. Did we have blindfolds? Or we just closed. Or just covered your eyes. Yeah, I don't remember. I I remember. Uh, I think Alexa was massaging me, and she had a fucking towel around her face and a shirt. And I just <laughs> opened my eyes. I couldn't stop laughing. She just has this thing on her face. <laughs> her, whole head's her whole head's covered. But yeah, it was a really good Alexa. drill to just feel the body, you know, and just learn through different sense because we learn through our eyes most of the time and turn that off and just you know see where that goes it makes me think of uh, Ido Portal yeah exactly he's always talking about like tripping yourself up with some kind of like a play mm. and he's like it's not it's not necessarily fun it can be it's like about your attitude I guess but it's like play is like playing with sincerity playing with with a kind of seriousness where mm. it's like okay like today I'm gonna take a a fucking tennis ball. I'm gonna throw it up against the wall, and I'm I'm not allowed to catch it. I'm just gonna swat at it and try to keep it up as long as I can. Mm -hmm. And it's like tomorrow we're gonna do the same thing with a lacrosse ball. The next day we're gonna do it with a a ping pong ball, but we're gonna use a stick instead of our hands. Like yeah. it's gonna be so hard. Yeah. But imagine getting a flow or getting like four or five, like where you tick 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 tick, and it's like that looks impossible. Yeah. But now you're getting it. And he says, as soon as you get it, like move on to the next thing. I mean, his philosophies aside. The idea of just like having fun with something and tr and like fucking with yourself mm. and like look at what Ido Portal is capable of. Exactly. Again, Steve Maxwell would say there's a lot of genetic like uh, predisposition. I think he would agree with a lot of what he's doing though. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some things yeah. that might but hurt you and the longevity thing yeah. might conflict, but yeah. he's definitely philosophically very sound and very interesting yeah. about like conditioning the body and, yeah. and conditioning the mind. But challenging it in different ways and always. It's like cacophony in a sense. It's just always breaking the yeah you know, cacophonous. You're right, and you know what's interesting is that it kind of it's it's like counteractive. It's counterintuitive. It's counter to the the Milo thing, mm. but um, 
complementary at the same time. I don't know if it's counterintuitive because it, you're still consistently doing something. You're just creating more uh, inconsistency. Mm. That's why, like, <laughs> no. But if the act you're doing is movement, and then you're just fucking around with like limiting it in different ways, you're still doing like the shell is bilo, and just you're just fucking around on the inside of the shell. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's still, it's it's being consistently inconsistent <laughs> to trick yourself into yeah, adaptation. Yeah, into being to comfortable to improve yourself. It's interesting, and that's a great point because I had this realization once. <laughs> I was in a yoga class, and this is a while back, before COVID and all that stupidity. Um, but I was in a yoga class, and I was fucking huffing and puffing and struggling. This was probably early on in my practice, like a couple years in. Mm. And there was this beautiful soul, this beautiful woman right next to me. And she was so in her breath. And just, so, like, I'm like, <coughs> doing the stretch. And she's just like, <sighs> like the fire breath, you know? In every pose. And I'm looking at her and her eyes were closed the whole class. The entire class, her eyes were closed. And That's it just blew my fucking mind. And I'm like, you know what? Let's try yoga with your eyes closed. And I'll tell you, if you think you're good at yoga, do the, everything you're doing but one practice with your eyes closed and you'll feel like a beginner all over again. And that's where you can do the Edor Portal style where you can fuck with yourself and take away a condition that you've relied on like vision. Mm. And really improve your proprioception and a different angle of your practice it is a it's a mind fuck it's it forces you into your body it's like something you're looking for usually yeah. and then ironically you close your eyes and and you find it and, and you and you're like huh. I, at yeah. the height of my yoga practice i i that was tough the I, eyes I closed was, yeah, I, yeah i was like starting to get into that because other yeah. friends had done different schools and they were like yeah we they taught us to do that and it's like, oh, that's you smart. Know what's so interesting about that is that we want to achieve the perfect pose, everything in alignment, everything in this. But with your eyes closed, it's kind of bringing you to the real perfect pose of what your body needs. Yeah. Remember, um, what was her name? Tamitha? Yes. And She's she another beautiful soul. She's an incredible human. Yeah. But she she did something called like yoga therapy or something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. and they taught they learned about how diff like different bodies will have to have different. That's like what I loved about her. Yeah. She was like, no, not this pose might not be for your anatomy, you know, like maybe no, maybe your hip structure or your femur structure is not rotated in the right direction. So maybe doing a squat with your toes pointed out is actually more um, beneficial for your body type, and I love that because. It was so strict for a lot of teachers is like, this is the pose and you got to go in this exact way. Mm. But what if you had hip dysplasia or something? And what happens if your femurs are a little bit more rotated? Yeah, exactly. It reminds know? me of like, well, like what Carlos was saying about tradition. Exactly. You it know, like instead adaptable. of being a purist, it's like, actually, maybe it is a, a bit of a, a purism because it's like the the real yoga is like union with the experience and, and the body that you have. Yeah. And to, to just stick to a pose when you're you're hip is like digging like your femur is digging into your hip bone or something yeah like when you have bony stops like that and you feel it you're like what like you like if you don't know what it is you're like oh that's uncomfortable what yeah. how do i get around this and you're like in child's pose it's supposed to be comfortable and you're like what the fuck is going on yeah my bone is stabbing me yeah and you don't even you don't even know what the what the problem yeah. is and it becomes a pain and it only gets worse and you're just like you're like what am i doing wrong you know like i I honestly think if you closed your eyes and just adjusted yourself without the confinements of what the yoga pose should look like, you'll find the perfect position. 
Or just be like, I can't do that. Yeah. That doesn't work. Or I need a block under my ass. Yeah. Or something like that, you know? Towel or something. Fuck, I, I want to practice yoga with my eyes closed again. It's such a powerful Figure practice. It, out. it is. Let's do our podcast with our eyes closed. <laughs> That'd be crazy, actually. Let's just try it now. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Whoa. You're like a voice in my head now. I'm I'm an audience member. <laughs> That's exact yeah, like I, we can I can hear us. I'm now. just an audience member now listening to Curious Chimps. I don't like this. Yeah, I'm gonna open my eyes. I'm not. I'm in. I'm in for, for well, a actually, penny in for maybe a Maybe we should sign out like this. All right, everybody. All right, everybody. I love you. I get yeah, we're we, we yeah. did uh, an hour and some change at this point. I don't know, my eyes are closed. You, oh you closed them again? I opened them. I'm, no. Bro, I'm joining you. What is this? All right, I'm closing them. So in this moment, I'll speak from the heart because I don't have my vision. I don't know how that relates. I was going to say, what's popping up in your mind right now? In my mind right now? Gratitude, to be honest. I actually feel overwhelmed with gratitude. Me too. Gratitude and blacksmithing. <laughs> I don't have the blacksmith. <laughs> but I will buy one of your products. Thanks, man. I'll uh, make a sexy knife. <laughs> what do you want the handle to be made of? Um, stone, if possible. Obsidian. Obsidian. <laughs> Osmium, bro. I want it to be heavy as hell. I, mean, I gotta find the, mo- the rarest mineral or the rarest fucking gold. Yeah, is it gold? No, platinum. Something that no, it's some crazy word that we haven't un- discovered yet. And you're gonna have to uranium. Plutonium. Yeah, <laughs> it's a radioactive. I can only use this knife for t- ten minutes a day, and then I start feeling. I start puking. <laughs> I just start vomiting violently. All right, everyone. We're gonna sign out like this. So I invite you all to close your eyes for a second <laughs> and think of Sammy being a blacksmith. <laughs> And give me your energy and hammering this fucking this knife for me manifest it made out of plutonium and <laughs> he's getting fucking radiation poisoning and he has pus coming out of his shoulder no no you i'm making no it. you're making it but so you're I'm deal- safe you're safe because you have all the protective gear um, yeah i know what i'm doing so i'm the one that suffers i'm a radioactive blacksmith and then i get superpowers because that's how it goes <laughs> all right everyone peace and love Sammy, can we do this with our eyes closed? Can we props it? Can we do this? Can we do it by sensation? Put your fist out. Oh! Touched, I felt something. You touched my balls, bro. Was it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Peace of love. Stay curious. Yeah! <laughs>